What's up? Welcome to episode number three of the Between Sermons podcast. Uh, we're hanging out, uh, trying to turn Sunday sermons into more of a conversation. Because the, the reality is when, when I'm a preacher and when I'm communicating, I, I want it to be dialogue. I want to have a conversation with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by nature of what Sunday service is, uh, that, that conversation is really just a monologue. It's just a guy standing on a stage talking at people instead of talking with people. And so between sermons, the idea here is uh, we're just going to take some of the thoughts from the Sunday message and turn it into a dialogue to actually have a conversation with somebody. And so uh, you don't have to have seen uh, the, the sermon from uh, this past Sunday at CLC, uh, but if you'd like to check it out, uh, there will be a link in the show notes uh, below for you. But uh, today uh, we're going to be talking about Samson. And so uh, in honor of that, I had to bring on as my guest uh, the guy in the office with the best hair. <laughs> uh, so Pastor Harry Valentine, uh, welcome to Between Sermons. Awesome, man. I'm excited to be here. I look forward to our conversation. Yeah, it's going to be good. So I guess I got to start off, though, uh, with a moment of transparency, uh, a moment of just brutal honesty. uh, And that is that I hate the story of Samson. Uh, It is it is probably one of my absolute least favorite stories in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was a kid, I loved it uh, because like I was like he's Hercules. Like essentially, true. like this, so this true. is what we get. We get, we get the biblical Hercules, uh, so you know, true. super strong guy, beats everybody up, wins yeah. all the fights. I mean, kills a bunch of people with a jawbone of a donkey. <laughs> like, just some some cool stuff from a male child perspective. Sure. Uh, but then, as an adult, I read this story mm-hmm. and it frustrates me, wow. um, and it it brings me to a place where literally, like, I I don't really know what to do with it. Mm. Like when, when I'm when I'm reading the Bible and I'm reading the story of Samson. Uh, it, it takes place in such a, a weird moment in Israel's history. Yeah. It takes place during the time of the judges, which um, basically the, the people of Israel are going through this five-step cycle repeated over and over again. So they, uh, they rebel against God. Yep. Uh, they get oppressed, like God's judgment comes, and then usually the Philistines or, or some other steen uh, shows up <laughs> right. and, um, and just conquers them, abuses them. Uh, so then they cry out for a savior. Mm-hmm. God raises up a judge to deliver them, and then they worship God again. Yep. Five-step process, and then they just repeat the cycle over again. over again. And, and I don't know what to do with the Samson story because he is uh, the only judge that the people don't cry out for. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's appointed by God without the people making, like the people have done the, all the other parts of the process, but they don't cry out for a savior. Mm-hmm. God just raises up Samson anyways. Uh, Samson is the guy that, uh, the, the scriptures say that, uh, the Holy spirit came upon him mightily. The spirit of God came upon him mightily three different times. Three different times. Nobody else gets that in no. all of scripture. Even David, a man after God's own heart, yep. only one time. Uh, so Samson is like, he's in this place that's like so unique, so special. Uh, and then he blows it. Uh, wow. like he, he constantly plays with fire. He constantly gets tripped up in sin, mm-hmm. keeps messing around with women that he shouldn't be messing with, breaks every one of his vows as a Nazarite, like does literally everything wrong, <laughs> even though God's spirit comes upon him mightily. And, and sometimes the spirit of God comes upon him mightily in the midst of him doing something wrong. And so that's I read true. this story and I get, I get frustrated. Yeah. You know, one thing in, in this story that has helped me personally is it gives me uh, insight of who I am and, and how I could look at the life of Samson and say, I have to be mindful of those weaknesses in my life, yeah. those vulnerability vulnerabilities and those vulnerable spots. Yeah. And then to work on those yeah. personally. Um, and so 
his story is for sure one of the ones that have you what is this <laughs> why you know so uh to your point it's it's just the dangers of wasted potential yeah you know absolutely. everything he had all things uh set up for him to be great you know the lord uh set him up and then also his family yeah. in this story and i don't think that he had the opportunity he didn't maximize on the opportunity yeah i should say yeah and, and it, it brings me to this place of wondering like is that my story Mm-hmm. Like, is there a danger of, of me wasting my potential? Yeah. Like, it, if God has blessed me in, in ways similar to Samson, I mean, we, we've got the power of the Holy Spirit working in us on a daily basis mm-hmm. in a way that the people in the Old Testament didn't get to experience. Like, grew up in a Christian home, been blessed beyond measure. Am I going to get to heaven and I, I think all of us are our desire is to have that well done, my good and faithful servant yeah. moment. And like, am I going to get there? And Jesus looks at me and goes, well, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you got here, you made it. Yeah. Like there was so much more that you could have done, should have done that. I wanted you to do that. I set you up to do. Yeah. Uh, and yet you wasted the potential that I don't know that maybe that's why I struggle with Samson's story. Cause I see a little bit of myself mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even with the the sexual temptations and sure. and that that one sin issue that just trips him up over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, and so like I, I I see a little bit too much of myself, and I'm I'm going okay. Am I going to get to the end of my life, and am I am I going to be better than Samson, or I'm going to mirror Samson? Yeah, yeah. That that part of mirroring Samson is 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 totally um, it's important uh, because I think one time we had talked about. Uh, how scripture is is for you first like you you read the story in the bible the stories in the bible and you read the scripture and you apply it to yourself and when i'm reading this story with samson uh to your point i am uh reminded of myself in a sense of okay what are some areas that i need to make sure that i bring to god and i work with it i get in community to help hold me accountable for those things Mm -hmm. that i i know that i'm weak in um and samson didn't do that you know, uh, the things that he wanted, he asked for, and he said, I want this very thing. And so he went to get those things. Um, so um, I agree with you in that sense of I want to make sure that I'm not wasting the potential God is placing inside of me. How, how do you go about that? Like, uh, so I think it's easy to see in Samson's story and point the finger and be like, man, what an idiot. Sure. Like, I mean, the the the. The whole Delilah aspect of the story, for one, I mean, the fact that he wakes up every morning and she has done the exact same, same uh, the exact thing that he described to her. Like at some point, you got to be like, dude, don't be an idiot. Like, just stop it. But then it, sometimes it's hard to be able to see in ourselves mm-hmm. our own stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> like the, those moments where if, if somebody was writing the story of our lives, like how many people in the audience would be like, don't do that. You're such an idiot. Like, stop it. Yeah. So how, how do you how do you avoid that? I think um, we talk about it. It's community. It's, okay. it's just having the people around you to talk to you and, and hold you accountable for the things that you, yeah. you are into and things that you're doing. Um, for me personally, you know, I have my wife and, you, you know, your wife is that daily reminder not not delilah but that daily reminder of uh th- those things that you could do better yeah we, we say all the better. time that your spouse is uh is the voice of the holy spirit in your life absolutely <laughs> a constant yep. uh reminder so i think just the community that's around you uh, a trusted community 
to help you as you're navigating those weak spots. But you have to first identify yeah. what those are. And I don't think Samson did that at all. He didn't realize that. He was that not very self-aware. Exactly. A self-awareness is so key and so important for, for you not to continue to trip over those things, yeah. those same temptations, um, those, those same strongholds that you deal with. You have to identify with those and then also tell others that those are the things that you're dealing with so that they could hold you accountable. And we look in this story, there was no one in it around him to yeah. keep him centered, to allow for him to um, get con- correction at yeah, yeah. times to continue on in this journey. That's actually one of the other things that I hate about the story is that his parents know better. Yeah. Like his parents have, have heard the law. They, they've heard God's instructions. They know the, the call that's on his life. They, they know the vow of a Nazarite yeah. that he's supposed to yeah. walk in. And yet when he says, hey, go get that Philistine woman to be my wife. Sure. They oblige. Sure. And it's like, at what point as parents do they say, hey, this is not healthy for you. This yep. is not good for you. Mm-hmm. At what point do, do you as a parent say, hey, this, this is not right. Yeah. Don't go down this path. Yeah. And like as a parent, like I'm, I'm reading the story now in, in a different context. Like you, you got to uh, recognize that as well. Like sometimes you read the Bible before being married and then <laughs> after being married or before being a parent and then after being a parent. Yep. And like it just it changes how you view things. Absolutely. But but watching them fail as parents mm. to correct their child, to point them in the right direction. Like, I, I don't want to fail my kids. Yeah. Yeah. You, you hit that on the head because um, in that moment, they had an opportunity to prevent the other things that took place after yeah. that. You know, and, and that's our responsibility yeah. as parents yeah. to help our children navigate through this life. Um, as best as we possibly can, right, Um, to help them not make those bonehead decisions that we (laughs) tend to make. And working with students, I love my students, they're life students. Um, However, you know, helping them, keeping them encouraged, keeping them on the right track to lead them in ways that they don't have to trip and stumble over every bad decision, right? Uh, That's our responsibility. And so, um, they had that right in their hand to do, yep. and and they missed it. Yeah, they missed they, that opportunity. They failed their son. Yeah. I don't want to fail mine. Whew. Man, so there's there's this this idea in in reading the Bible uh, that we talk about. Uh, it's the difference between a descriptive text mm-hmm. and a prescriptive text, uh, and and the dangers of not knowing the difference. Uh, so sometimes, like people will read the Bible and be like, "Oh, it's in the Bible. That means I can do it." Yeah. Or I should do it like this is this is prescribing how I should be living my life when in reality, some scripture is just there for history. Yeah. Like it's it's telling you what happened, not that you should follow in their footsteps. So like an example of that would be, you know, King David, King David, man after God's own heart. OK, so you're like, I want to be like David. OK, so David goes up on the roof and he spies on a woman while she's taking a bath, yeah. uh, conspires to basically murder her husband mm-hmm. uh, and marry her. Okay, so if I read that text as prescriptive, that means if I want to be a man after God's own heart, I need to go spy on women and marry somebody else's wife. Right. No, no like that's that's ridiculous. That's that's so dumb. Uh, and so we, we've got to understand, you know, there are some things that are in Scripture as almost as a more of a warning mm-hmm. of telling you, hey, this is what happened in their life. And, and yes, God still used them, but that doesn't give you permission to do the same thing that's and good. expect God to use you in the same way. God is sovereign. God, God chose to use Samson, even though his sin life was ridiculous. Sure. That doesn't mean that God's going to still choose to use you, even right. if your sin life 
is ridiculous. And so we, we've got to be careful in how we approach scripture that, that we understand the difference between descriptive and prescriptive uh, mm-hmm. texts. And so there's things that we absolutely can glean from Samson's story and learn from uh, his mistakes, but we need to also not make him the hero uh, that we're trying to emulate because there's not a lot of good qualities. I mean, even at the very end of his life, like the, the triumphant moment yeah, sucks. Yeah. Like I, I, this is why I hate the story. Cause like True. there's no redemption. No. He, yeah. He gets his strength back, but it says that, uh, you know, um, uh, let let me get, return my strength to me so that I can get revenge for them taking my eyes. Yeah, he doesn't care about Israel. He doesn't care about no. the oppression. He doesn't care about them offending God. Mm-mm. Nothing. It's just like they took my eyes. Those those jerks. I'm yeah. gonna get them back. Yeah, and murder suicide. Absolutely. So and if you look at that, you can see the selfishness in his approach since day one. Yeah, it has always been about me, I. And this, inward, I want this, I, I want, want this, yeah. give me her for me. Yeah. And then it, it started that way and it ended that way. Yep. And that is devastating. That yep. leads you directly to a path of destruction, yep. uh, that downfall that, that kept just spiraling down because he had this inward approach yeah. to how he wanted God to use him. He had all of the qualities. God placed everything that he needed, not only uh, before he was here, shaped him, yeah. wove him. And created him in a way that he would be the the judge for his people. But yet still, because his heart was in the wrong place, he could not really accomplish yeah. uh, and fulfill that calling to end the way that God intended that to be. And so you, you find yourself then spiraling down to an end that it looks triumphant, you know, uh, to your point, learning that story as a kid. It sounded like, like, man, yeah, Samson. Killed, killed more people in his death than in his life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Jawbone action, you know. Uh, but as you're reading it, you're like, hey, there could have been a lot more to this. Yeah. So much potential wasted because of this inward yeah. approach to to his calling. Yeah, it, it even makes me wonder, like, and this is totally outside of the text, but mm-hmm. it makes me wonder, like, if if Samson had uh, repented and gone to God in humility, not in selfishness, would that story have been different? Like, would, mm-hmm. would he have knocked over the pillars of the temple and then the next verse say, and then Samson was protected by God and, and shook off the dust <laughs> and walked out of that the area rubble. and and delivered the people of Israel, yeah. uh, you know, as he was called to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead it was like, even in his selfishness, God was just kind of like, all right, here's your strength back, but you ain't going to make it out of this room. Right. Exactly. You know, another part that I want to kind of, we never hear anything about the people. Yeah. Like this story was all about Samson and just his, you know, bad decisions leading him into these situations. But it was never mentioned about doing it for the people. And I think that is uh, important for us as, you know, believers of Jesus that God has called all of us to something great, something mm-hmm. special. Um, but in our, if our hearts are not in the right place for that calling, we can forget about why we're here. Right. And we're here for people, for the others. He was there to um, be that judge for the Israel people. Mm-hmm. And look what it led to. You know, and so we have to keep the most important thing, the most important thing. And that's to serve those who God has called us to serve. And we see in this story that he lost sight of that. And as a result of that, it led him down this 
the spiral of destruction. Yeah. 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 And we, we kind of talked about that whole uh, wasted potential. And, and I think that uh, for me, a lot of his wasted potential came in this sense of playing with fire. Yep. Uh, that he was, man, he was living his life in this, like the, the most dangerous way possible. Mm-hmm. So he takes the, the vow of Nazarite, three parts to the, to the vow. Uh, not going to have any uh, wine or strong drinks, mm-hmm. even to the, the degree of grapes and raisins. Like, just right. stay away from you all of it. <laughs> uh, you're not going to touch anything um, that's that's uh, that's dead, mm-hmm. um, and you're not going to cut your hair. You're going to have. There's going to be a visual representation sure. that you have taken this vow. Uh, and what happens in his story? Uh, he's hanging out in a vineyard. Uh, he's using the b- jaw of a, a donkey. The jawbone of a donkey mm-hmm. uh, as a weapon. I mean, that's handling something that's dead. Sure. Uh, there's even the story of him reaching into the carcass of the lion and grab the honey. Like, yeah. he's he's playing with fire. Uh, then, you know, he lets his hair get chopped off. I mean, yeah. could, could somebody shave your head while you were sleeping? No way. There's no way. No way. No way. Unless, my my theory, he was drunk. That's the okay. only thing that's I can That's the only way. Only way. Right? Which, yeah. which, which goes back to... A vow that he took that he True. wasn't supposed to break, but he's just he's constantly playing with fire yep. and and just tiptoeing this line, and it it reminds me of how a lot of of Christians uh, act. And as a former youth pastor, mm-hmm. as a current youth pastor, I'm sure you can attest to this. Um, Christians that say, "Okay, where's the line?" Because <laughs> I want to know where the line is, uh, so not so that I avoid it. But so that I can get my toes right up to the edge of that line. Yeah. So like big thing in youth ministry is like, hey, no premarital sex. Like, yeah. don't have sex before marriage. It'll mess you up. It, yep. It's bad. It's it, it's against God's word for one. But it also all kinds of diseases and all kinds of stuff. You, you don't need a baby at 15. Like, right. Just all this stuff. So don't have sex. And without fail, every single student would be like, OK, but like, what can you do? <laughs> right. Right. Because I, wa- I want to get us. OK, if the line is don't have sex. How close to the line can I get my toes uh, before I, I fall over the edge? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It's this um, plan with, with the fire. You know, how, how close can I get to the line and still be okay, still yeah. be considered a Christian yeah. or a believer uh, and still be okay in God's eye? Uh, but the thing that, with that is you don't know how weak you are until you're at that Ooh. line. Man. Um, and so uh, in Proverbs, it says that uh, play with fire. Uh, yeah. Ex- who, who can who can a build man. a fire in their lap, lap. and yeah. not get burned? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. like no one can, yeah. you know. So that wisdom we have to take uh, because you tiptoe around that that line of sin, thinking that you're strong enough, mm-hmm. thinking that you you figured this thing out. And then you find yourself on the other side of that sin now. Yep. And it does two things. It, it places this level of, of guilt and shame now and the consequences of your sin. Yep. But then it also, most importantly, separates you from God. Yeah. It's not that your salvation is insecure because you believe on Jesus. Here's the thing. God is a holy God. He has can't have anything to do with sin. Therefore, every time we, we entertain or engage in acts of sin, it, it continues to separate us from yeah. the Father, his glory, his holiness. Yeah. So um, we have to be mindful of that. We, we were talking to students last month, and we said that attraction isn't a sin, right? Um, lust is the sin. However, it, it, it breaks down like this. Attraction, 
it attracts you. You're aware, right? It, it's aware. But then you have lust is when you engage, okay. the engaging yeah. part of that. So uh, just making sure that, hey, yeah, I'm attracted to that girl. You know, I like her. She's cute. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fine. You know, I tell the guys all the time, the kids, like, it's okay to be attracted. Now, making sure that you don't cross that line of uh, what Mike Todd said, he said, it's not the first look, it's the second look. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Or the third, fourth, fifth. Sixth, exactly. Seventh. Now you're into a, a different yeah. space. So I think with with the story of Samson and, and steady just time after time, again after again, going to the line, crossing the line, yeah. um, it, it's, just, it's just not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And we get into that place where uh, we're so concerned with where the line is that we're not really paying attention where God is. Mm. Uh, and, and really that's for me, and I've talked about this before, but uh, when we have this mentality of I want to get as close to the line as I can without crossing over, you've already messed up. Mm. Like the goal of a Christian should not be where is the line so I can get as close to sin as possible. The, the question should be where is God? So I can get as close to him as possible. possible. So and good. let me tell you right now, God and sin are in opposite directions. Opposite direction. And so the closer you're trying to get to that line of sin, the further away from God you're getting. Yeah. Uh, and so like it's, it's that conviction that we should have that, man, I, I just, I want to be as close to God as possible. Yeah. And if, if that means that, you know, I need to, to not be making out with this girl, Cause that's, you know, Hey, that's, that's on this side of sin. It's, it, we're not crossing any line, right? But if that thing is going to lead me towards mm-hmm. something away from God, man, make decisions that the world is going to look at you and go, that's weird. Yeah. And God goes, I'm proud of you. Yeah. And I think to circle back to that thought of, uh, self-awareness, yeah. being aware with yourself to yeah. know I can't yeah. afford yep. to engage in yep. any way with this type of sin or any anything that looked this in this regard because I could find myself over that line fairly quick. Yeah. You identify what that is, then you say that's the thing you go to God with. Yep. That's the thing that you take to God and, and you start to build that muscle yep. so that when that temptation comes or you find yourself closer to that line, closer than you, you want to be, you've built enough muscle to endure that. Yep. That's important. Here's here's what's so crazy about that. I've, I've got a friend that I would have never thought about this in a million years, but I've got a friend that can't go to sporting events. Like can't mm-hmm. go to a baseball game, can't go to a basketball game or whatever uh, because he's a recovering alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And the moment he's in the stadium and the beer guy comes by and somebody at the other end of the row orders a beer and now this drink is passing in front of for me, no big deal. Yeah. Like not tempted by it at all. For him, that moment, it's it's too close to the line. Yeah, it's like th- this sparks that smell is going to spark too many mm-hmm. thoughts. It's gonna it's gonna lead me to thinking about that that drink and what it'll do in my life. And there there's a temptation in going to a basketball game that is too much for me. Mm. But the self awareness to be able to say, yes. it's better for me to stay home and watch the game on my TV. Yep. Even if somebody were to give me front row seats, like I I can't mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. There's, there's a there's a line that I'm getting too close to. Absolutely. But having the self-awareness yes. to be able to identify that. And then oftentimes I students, but, you know, that's fun. You know, yeah. I'm not having fun. It's not going to it's boring. You know, it, it it's up. It sucks that I can't do these things. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing is, you have to be self-aware. 
you have to know that you know that it's more important for you not to just because something is good. Yep. Good things are okay, right? Um, until they're not. Right, until that very thing is, it was good when it started, yep. but now it's called sin. Yep. That that word changed, yeah. right? It was good, and now it's sin. And and that self-awareness, and to the same point, I have a good friend of mine who can go running. There's nothing, who who here, like, to go run? That is great. He loves to run. He's a man, he will run miles. But in our talk and doing life together, we identify that that's where these trigger moments happen when he's running and it sounds Man. so weird yeah. but to be self-aware that i tried a different route yeah. may i try we try different things like hey just go another route or just go this way go this we try those things and it still happens so you have to be aware to say well it's nothing wrong with running it's nothing wrong going to a game but if it's something in those spaces in that environment that calls for you that triggers you yep. into a place that you're going to be closer to the line than you need to be yep. you have to just do away Turn with it, it. and we see samson it was the women yep. time and time again he could not what three different women in like three chapters of the bible <laughs> right. like come on bro like right, he's really? up. <laughs> uh and that's what you have to do yeah and the more you identify with that it helps for you to be ready because um, that moment when it said that the lion jumped out and mm -hmm. roared, I think uh, that indication that, hey, you shouldn't be here. <laughs> I mean, if, if you had a sign, that was it. Yep. Like, turn around and go home. Yep. And so to know that, hey, the enemy, he's there. He's crouched. He's waiting. He's prowling. He's around. Yep. He wants to entice right and confuse you or to send you off to think that oh you got this you're strong enough you can do this yep. but you're not understand that it's okay to say that i'm not okay yep. that i'm weak in this space yep. because it's in that point of our weakness that god is made strong yep. and that his strength is so much more and better for us as as we're navigating those weak spots in our lives yeah i love it so so really this concept is the concept of guardrails Mm -hmm. um, you know, so your friend that doesn't go running, my friend that doesn't go to sporting events, like those are guardrails that they've put yeah. in, in their life because it's not that those things are the sin, but it's that those things can lead to the stuff that is sinful. Mm -hmm. And so instead of, instead of the line being at the sin, they back it up and they put a guardrail. So it's like on the highway, you know, the guardrail isn't on the cliff. <laughs> like it's, it's a little bit in front of, uh, you know, cause if, if, if it's at the bottom of the hill, it ain't doing you any good. <laughs> right. Like, and a lot of times I feel like people, uh, you know, myself included for a time, sure. like we set up the guardrails in our lives at the bottom of the hill. That's right. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I already, I already screwed up. You know, I already, I already yeah. drove off the road a big distance. I'm already hurt, but Hey, yeah. at least, at least I, I got, <laughs> I got caught, you know? Uh, but if we put those guardrails so much closer, mm -hmm. uh, to, to where we are, not to where sin is, sure. but closer to us to kind of keep us, uh, moving towards God. And what I love is this idea that over time you just keep moving that, that guardrail closer to God, closer yes. to God. And so like the guardrail might start off in your life, like right at the sin. Yeah. But it's like, man, you know, as I mature, as I develop, as I get closer to God, I want to move that guardrail closer and closer. Mm -hmm. And I would love to get to the end of my life. And it's basically, it's like God, me guardrail. Like in it's just face. like this little like in sandwich right there. And it's like, <laughs> man, I'm so Beautiful far away picture. from the line of sin. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like yeah. this is like an 18 lane highway. And I got, I got the guardrail on lane one. Absolutely. <laughs> but and that's how I want to live my life. And we can't 
compromise the guardrails. Yeah. We can't move them oh, yeah. the opposite direction yeah. because of the moment or um, the fulfillment of this flesh. Yep. Because the flesh what wants what the flesh wants, yeah. right? It's I've I've sat down and I've talked to accountability and I've set these guardrails up, but yep. I'm still navigating, still dealing with it. That's okay, but we can't afford to yep. move the guardrail. Yeah. Keep the guardrail where it is. Even if, hey, it don't move closer to God at this moment, yeah. just don't move it the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah. That is where you stay strong and firm. And once I said it, I'm staying. So what, is, what does compromise look like? So in, in Samson's story, compromise was uh, you're not supposed to drink wine. Uh, I'm going to go hang out in a vineyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the compromise, like just slight slight adjustments you know i'm not supposed to touch anything dead i'm going to put my hand inside the the dead body of the wine to grab that that mm-hmm. honey um what what does compromise look like in in your life or in the average person's life yeah i think if i could go back to um when i was saved and i think back of the lifestyle that i was living you know in in my hood in my neighborhood and uh, gang affiliated drugs etc all that you could think of in that space. Um, I knew that, well, I didn't know this, the Holy Spirit, God led me to totally remove myself from the environment, that it was nothing wrong with some of my friends, but that those friends were still in the environment. Mm -hmm. So I had to remove myself and I couldn't compromise those decisions. God said, remove yourself. Um, as, As weird as this sound, all of your clothing that associated you with that season, hmm. get rid of. Wow. Get rid of. Everything that can remind you of that season, I got rid of. And so I think compromising, of course, is going to be different for everyone, that that compromising. However, um, identifying what that may be for you personally and don't budge, don't move on that, you know, uh, because – that could be your breakthrough moment. Is yeah. as long as I'm obedient and I find self control in that space of not compromising, yeah. that will be the moment that God can then excel and accelerate you into that redemption and yeah. begin that the restoration process begins yeah. for whatever it is that you're um, trying to navigate through. I can give a, a real simple practical uh, compromise. So. Um, the other day, uh, I was I was heading upstairs. We have an elevator in the building. Makes that trip a little <laughs> bit faster, a little bit easier. Uh, there was a young woman that walked on the elevator, so I just kept walking to the stairs mm-hmm. because that's a compromise. Yeah, like 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 saying, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be locked in this small box uh, with somebody of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Like that's a compromise in my life. I. I I don't need to make that. Exactly. So I'm going to I'm going to walk past it. I'm going to go up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Get my exercise in. Yep, breathe steps. a little heavier yep. when I get in the, <laughs> into the room. But uh the the stairs is better for me than mm-hmm. the elevator. Could I have taken the elevator? Yeah, but yeah. it w- it would have been a compromise of my values, of my, sure. my principles. For sure. Um you know, it's for some people it's you know, it's this whole idea of well, it's just lunch. Like I'm just I'm just going to lunch with a coworker. Yeah. Yeah, well that coworker happens to be the most attractive person in the office that right. you've you've had a couple of second looks at exactly <laughs> uh and and now that it's just lunch yep. no it's not you've yeah, compromised absolutely you, know, you, you made a vow to your spouse you're going to be faithful and now you're making a compromise absolutely and it's just lunch yeah and and then also too to 
to go on the other side of that, that uh, it's not always, uh, you know, sexual, mm -hmm. uh, that uh, business owners in business, um, you have to, you know, in, in business be men, but have integrity in those spaces in yeah. which you occupy. Uh, I had a situation, I would say, like maybe eight years ago, um, doing some work, construction, on the construction side. And I was like, yeah, you know, we did the walk. It was fine. Yeah, we could do that work. No problem. All right, I just need you to write it up this way. Mm. Yeah. You know, the, the this flag. way, the this, this way, way part. <laughs> well, how about the way that I was going to write it up anyway, you know? Um, but the this way is that compromise. Yep. And I had to uh, politely yep. just let them know that, you know, we don't do business that way. Yep. But see, we can see that and we can look at the dollar amount. And we could look at our situation, our circumstance, like, hey, that is helpful. That could help me right now in my situation, yeah. my family, all these things come yeah. to mind. But the most important thing is right before God, yep. God honoring. Yep. And that that no can save me from so much more. And it's going to, I'm going to miss out on what God has for me. So not compromising even in business, not yep. compromising in your relationships, yep. uh, marriages uh, is, is huge. Yep. But self-awareness, yep. you have to know That's that. A, I was, I was just about to say, like, you, you have to know what your values are. Yeah. Like, you, you have to know, okay, what is it that God is calling me to? Mm -hmm. What What is the vow I've made? You know, Samson makes this vow of uh, a Nazarite, but what, what are the vows I've made? What are the vows I've made to my spouse? What are the vows I've mm -hmm. made to my kids? What have I, what, are, what are the vows I've made to God? Yeah. And, and so if I know where those vows are, then I know what a compromise is. That's right. But if, if you're not paying attention, if you don't know what the vows are, you're making compromises left and right without even realizing that you're compromising anything mm -hmm. just because you're, you're not aware that self-awareness yep. of, of knowing, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> this is what I'm not supposed to be doing. And the compromise is somewhere in between. No, 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 no. Mm -mm. Cause again, you're getting too close to that guardrail. You're, you're still trying to find where the line is and, and how do I stay holy? You yeah. know, how, do, how do I stay away from just enough sin that I can still go to heaven? Uh, <laughs> right. that, that, that God can still, you know, smile at me for sure you know, how, how close can no 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 that, that's compromises mm -hmm. that's that's those little things that hey maybe it hasn't been a big thing yet but those are those little things over time over and over and over again you make that little compromise it's just that you know a half a step yeah and you're a half a step off like there's there's this this principle in in uh in navigation and i'm not a boat guy so i, right. I don't know the <laughs> accuracy of this but it's something like uh when you're like traveling in a plane or you're traveling in a boat um, like across a large distance, if you are one degree off course for like the first few minutes, first few hours, like it, it may not make much of a difference, but over time, like you could literally end up on a different continent, like just one degree off course, wow. like that, the, the magnitude of that over time. Yeah. And so you take that one little compromise and this week it's no big deal next month. You know, maybe it's still no big deal. Mm. What happens five years, ten years, twenty years later? Wow, that's that Samson story. He was he was judged for twenty years. Twenty years before they took his eyes. Yeah, twenty years of little compromises, and it got him to the place where he's telling Delilah, "Cut off my hair, and I'll be weak." Wow, the the principle of drifting. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's drifting away. Yep. You started here, yep. and it's, oh, no problem. It's yeah. fine. It's yeah. fine. It's okay. And now, and that doesn't mean you haven't done great things in that course of time. Yeah. It's just that those principle moments, those things that those value moments that yeah. you, you start moving were the thing that led you yep. to the point where we see now I'm 
I'm sightless. I can't see. And I'm I'm stuck in a place to where I don't really know where God wants me to be. And, and your purpose is now skewed because of that drifting. Yeah, I remember learning that lesson with my grandfather. Uh, so before he passed, my, my grandpa, uh, he had this little little speedboat. And uh, we would, he lived in Michigan. We'd go up to Lake Michigan all the time with him. And when he was younger, you know, in, in better shape, he would take us out on this, this speedboat. And I remember we'd get out to, like, the middle of Lake Michigan. You can't see anything. Yeah. And, uh, and he would always drop the anchor. And I'm like, why are you dropping the anchor? And he's like, well, the fish are right here. And I'm like, okay, but what's the point of the anchor? Like, we're not going to run into anything. Like, mm-hmm. nothing's going to hit us. And he's like, well, if I don't put the anchor here, we're going to fish for a couple hours. And by the time we finish, wh- who knows where we'll end up? He's like, so you, you got to drop anchor. Uh, anytime you want to stay where you are, you got to drop anchor. And like, just, I remember learning that as like a eight, 10 year old kid and just going, man, uh, like the value of, of having an anchor in your life that, mm. that keeps you from drifting. Cause it's not just what happens in water, but it's what happens in life. That's right. Uh, and we will drift with, without an anchor. Mm. And so how do you find the anchor in your life? What, what does that look Oof. like? That was What's good. You know, um, I can say my dad is my anchor. Okay. You know, he's, and it's okay. I, I believe that there's, it's okay to have multiple anchors, mm-hmm. right? For different areas in life. Uh, but I can say that he has been the most consistent, mm-hmm. the most firm, uh, one who has been intentional of, of foundation, laying mm-hmm. foundation, importance of what that foundation should be and how it should look. And of course it's all centered on Christ. Yeah. And so, um, having understanding that in in your belief in your faith that christ is the the foundation in which we build on but then also having those who are um in your community in your circle those who are in close proximity to you that also believe that very thing and that can keep you on that foundation that could keep you stern that you that those who have your ear Mm -hmm. and and those who you actually listen to right so I can say for me is, you know, my dad, just this consistent, constant um, anchor, uh, regardless of how far I drifted, he has been there to make sure that 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 anchor stay, hey, come on back, come on back. Um, And I don't think to to the story of Samson, his parents were told before he was birthed that in so many ways that you would be that anchor for him that you understood the terms of of his calling but yet they compromise and so the moment that your anchor compromises you're no longer secure yeah that's not a very good anchor that's a broken anchor absolutely yeah it's funny because so my anchor outside of you know holy spirit jesus Mm -hmm. god yeah for sure uh my anchor and she's she's listened to this podcast so i'm not trying to win brownie points but my my wife is my anchor uh, 100% uh, because my wife is the person that's going to notice before mm-hmm. anybody else does. Mm-hmm. She's, she's going to be like, eh, you've been drifting. Yeah. Like, Hey, bring it back. Yeah. Um, hey, you didn't do what you were supposed to do there. Or mm-hmm. Hey, you haven't, you haven't been leading in the way that you're supposed to. You haven't been fathering the way you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. You haven't been praying like you're supposed to. Like she's going to be the one to notice. She's going to want to call me out. But it's interesting because Samson, that was actually his area of weakness. Yeah. Like his, his wife was not his anchor. His <laughs> wife was his, his issue. Yeah. Uh, his problem. And it, um, I mean, this isn't a, a, a marriage seminar, but like it really is the value of marrying the right person. Mm. Like when you marry somebody that can, that can be your anchor, that can be your accountability partner, that can be your guardrail. 
uh, and you can be all those things for them too. Because if it's all one-sided, that's that's unhealthy as well. Yeah. Uh, but man, I, I see so many relationships where it's like they want advice, and like if I'm brutally honest, I'm like, well, the advice would have been ten years ago to not get married, right. but now that you're in this, <laughs> yeah, let's work it out. Let's yeah. figure it out. But like it's it's the value of 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 finding the right person, mm-hmm. somebody that that can hold you accountable, that can challenge you, that can be the anchor in your life to keep you locked in uh, with Jesus, and and the the idea, the value of being able to be that for each other. Yes. Keeping it from being one-sided and Samson doesn't have that. No. No, when I when you said anchor, I just thought about uh, I saw this picture of the anchor actually going deep. Yeah. And going down. Yeah. And all of the chaos that's happening underneath the water. Yeah. That we can't see, yeah. but yet the anchor yep. is enduring all of that. Yeah. And and that's important. You have to have the right anchor in your life because they're going to be the ones to keep things secure and keep things solid where you have the winds and the water and all of these different fishes and every rocks and everything that's happening underneath the surface, they could stay secure in helping you reach that because they're going to be some, some resentment, right. And some, uh, little chaos, even on top of the water at times when you feel (laughs) offended, right. When someone calls you out, uh, about some of the things that you have to be held to. Um, so that's a picture that I saw and that, and that's why your anchor is, is so important yeah. in your life. There's, there's a, there's a boating principle of that too. I don't know why we're hey. talking about boating so much cause I'm not a boat <laughs> guy going at all, but like I, I learned that lesson with my, my grandpa too. Like, uh, so he had all of these sensors and things that would let him know like the depth of the water that we were in, wow. uh, and how far down the anchor had gone. And like, there was a time when, uh, he wasn't paying attention to it and it, uh, you know, to throw out numbers that. These are not accurate numbers yeah, at all. Yeah, sure. but it's like, okay, so if the depth was 100 feet, the anchor stopped at like 50 feet, but it seemed to be snagged on something, so we just left it. And sure enough, like a couple hours later, we were not. <laughs> like it was like there, you didn't see shore when you started, and then all of a sudden like we finished fishing. And it was like, hey, I can wave to people. Like how do we what get happened? up over here? And it's mm. the, the anchor actually didn't go deep enough. It Come got on. snagged on like some seaweed or something. And so it, it felt secure mm. for a moment. But it pulled loose and we're just kind of drifting. Mm. Uh, and so you got to make sure that you've got the right anchor, uh, that the anchor is, is going deep, that it's not shallow. And right. I think sometimes we run that risk of all of our relationships are so shallow mm. um, that there is no there is no real anchor in them. Like sure. you can, it's it's kind of like, you know, uh, at our church, we, we talk about the, the value and the importance of being in a life group. And mm-hmm. Those people hold you accountable. Well, you could sign up for a life group and maybe show up once in a while. But that's not giving you the depth of an anchor. No. It's really going to like it's not until you actually get vulnerable with people when you yeah. actually invite them into your life and say, hey, this is this is where I'm struggling. This is where I need prayer. This is where I need help. Can you can you help me? Mm-hmm. But as long as you're just kind of showing up when you feel like it every once in a while, you're not building that relationship. Yeah, no. It's shallow. Wow. That's good, man. I even think about, too, um, perhaps you were supposed to be that anchor for someone. Mm but you were that shallow angle anchor yeah. you you didn't really give it your all you didn't really be there when they needed you yeah. and and you look up and say wow they've drifted yeah. but when they reached out to you to be that anchor you didn't give it all yeah. that's a that hit me it's right back to that wasted potential <sighs> it's like what you what you were supposed to do what you were supposed to be and where you ended up <sighs> It's dangerous. Wow. 
All right, one, one last kind of thought, and then we'll kind of wrap this up. But um, the, the consequences of sin. Mm-hmm. So, so what we see in Samson's life uh, is ultimately it, the sin causes his, his death. Before that, it, it causes him to lose his eyes, which that does not sound fun. Um, it, it causes him to be in slavery. Like, it, it, it wrecks this man. Yeah. And ultimately, it causes his, his death. Yes. That if, if he hadn't sinned in the way that he did, uh, I think he would have been an amazing judge. He would have been able to, you know, deliver the people of Israel from the Philistines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, because of this, the consequence of his sin, yeah. uh, his life is awful. Yep. And it ends both in success in a sort, but really failure. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, in his death, he kills more people than when he was alive. But like the job of a judge wasn't just to kill people. That's right. Right. The job of the judge was to lead the people. That's that's it, sometimes we think of judge as like the, the guy sitting uh, with the robe on yeah. swinging the hammer. <laughs> but that's not what a judge in mm-hmm. Israel was. The judge was literally just the leader of the people that yeah. that, that brought the people to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Samson failed yeah. as, as a leader. Yeah. He killed a bunch of people in his death, but mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't really lead the people. Yeah. And I guess to just kind of sum it up in one sentence is that sin is a wasted pleasure mm. and unpack that a little bit yeah so sin <laughs> we hear this at times that sin is fun right like, it should be it should be i mean uh but if, 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 what does kurt groeschel say <laughs> if you're not having fun with your sin you're doing it wrong right <laughs> uh but it, it is a wasted pleasure because uh those things that you are desiring right to, to do you may seek them you you may go and and entertain them and engage in that sin. However, it's temporal. It's a temporary satisfaction that you'll have for a moment. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes what that is doing is you're just filling yourself. It's trying to compensate or fill this void of this emptiness that you're so not identifying with. So you're just grabbing everything, grabbing everything, and then you still find yourself empty. You still find yourself in a place where you're, you're not fulfilled. And that's why the sin is wasted pleasure, because uh, it hasn't fulfilled you in any way other than the fact that you've um, gave your flesh exactly what it wanted. Right. Uh, But ultimately, we have to make sure in that is just because it's good, it's meaningless. Like it it doesn't really hold any value into where I'm trying to go and what God has called me to do. And we see that time and time with with Samson is that yes it was pleasurable he had great time he got everything that he wanted but in the end result of this story it was all wasted yeah so is it really worth it yeah and the, and the reality is yes there's grace yes there's forgiveness yes. in, in Christ man it's the beauty of the gospel yes he, he died for us but that doesn't mean there's no consequences right like we we still have to live through the consequences of sin and mm-hmm. so you know, I would rather live my life with as few consequences as possible. For sure. Uh, and and have to rely on God's grace as little as as necessary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm grateful for it. Absolutely. I don't want to abuse it. No. No. And then also, I really want to live the potential out. Yeah. As close. I mean, I want to fulfill yeah. it. Yeah. Complete. Yeah. It's like, hey, God, he drew up the play. 
Yeah. He drew it up. Just run the play. Just run the play. Yeah. You know, and I want to be the one who was in the game to run a play. I don't need to take the shot. But to know that I had a part to play in yeah. running the play and and he saw me fit, that he yeah. called me to be a part of this, I want to make sure that I'm playing my part yeah. and that I don't have wasted potential because I'm seeking the sin desires of this world. Yeah, just getting to that, well done, my good and faithful servant. Yes, sir. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. Let me do it. Yeah. Um, close with uh, PJ uh, on Sunday, uh, who's Pastor Jerry was the one preaching the message, and he used a quote that uh, I love. I had totally forgotten about. I don't even know who to give credit for it, mm. uh, but we'll just say Pastor Jerry said yeah. uh, that sin uh, will take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you mean to stay, and it'll cost you more than you're willing to pay. Wow. Man. That's, <laughs> there is consequence to sin. Yeah. Uh, and and so we need to do everything in our part to stay away from it yep to to not flirt with it to not play with fire in our lap uh Mm-mm. to not let those little compromises build up over time but to say you know what I, i'm not trying to get close to the line of sin i'm trying to get close to the line of god that's right and and as close as i can get to god that's where i'm going to live my life and uh, i'm going to be so focused on god I, sin is going to be some distant thing in my rearview mirror exactly uh, that i'm not even getting anywhere in its vicinity or in its direction because i'm so obsessed with just being as close to god as i can mm, so good that's it wow that's where we're going good stuff all right well thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us for episode three of between sermons we'll be back next week uh with a, an interesting conversation uh it's actually easter week for us uh, and so uh, next week we're going to be talking about um, what do you do on the hardest day of your life? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we've got a Good Friday service and we've got an Easter service. But uh, between sermons uh, next week, we're going to talk about what happens in between. Wow. Uh, what happens on Saturday? Nice. That's a, that's a difficult day. Yeah. Uh, and so it's going to be a good conversation. I uh, hope you'll join us for that. Take it easy.